Hey, everybody. Andy Hamilton of Track Wrestling here with Track Wrestling Rankings Coordinator David Mercatani. Our first set of rankings are out. You can check them out on the site. It's an absolutely huge undertaking uh, to compile these and, and get these out, and we certainly appreciate your work, David. Thanks, Andy. It's it's a pleasure to be here, and uh, you were great in doing a lot of the homework, making sure I had a lot of things right, and Mark Ostrander, a friend of mine who lives in Iowa, uh, he, he spent a lot of time helping me try to get these right as well. So big thanks to you, too. Well, we're going to have this segment on, on a weekly basis where we're going to have this audio show that kind of breaks down who you put uh, where and why and what are some of the things that uh, people out there should be paying attention to. But I want to start this show kind of by uh, going back and looking at probably your three biggest challenges that you encountered in putting these out. Which, Where would you start with, with the biggest hurdles that you ran into here? I guess the first one might be Joey Dance at 125. Um, when we created this original criteria, our criteria was if you placed last year in 2016, you automatically were ranked over anybody that wrestled in the tournament and didn't place. So that moved Dance behind Dylan Peters and Connor Schramm obviously behind Gilman as well, there's a pretty strong argument that Dance, you know, could be ranked two or three. So I think that's one that kind of sticks out. Um, overall, there's a, it's, if you look at some of the big-name freshmen like the Surianos, the Valencias, the Logan Massas of the world, in all of those weights, it's really difficult to kind of know where to start peppering those guys in, especially if they're true freshmen because you just don't know who's going to project and who isn't. And um, I guess maybe one of the other ones that was difficult was just 184 is so loaded. There's so many, I mean, there's nine All-Americans there, and, you know, you're literally going to rank a guy that's meddled to not medal, and that's, you know, it's kind of crazy because you don't have anything personal against any of these guys. I actually know a lot of them personally and find myself rooting for them. Uh, same problem at 174 where there's, 10 returning All-Americans. So those were some of the challenges, but obviously you and Mark and, you know, some other folks kind of helped me through that. Let's uh, let's take a look at the team rankings real quick here. Um, Oklahoma State, number one with 92 points. Uh, and those points are generated off, uh, you know, the projected finish or the projected points these guys would score at the national championships. Top-ranked wrestlers earn 20 points. Number two gets 16. Number three gets 13 and a half, four, 12 and a half. 10 for 5th place finish, 9 for 6th, 6.5 for 7th, 5.5 for 8th, 2 for spots 9 through 12, 1.5 for spots 13 through 16, and 1 for 17 through 25. What this all shakes out to is Oklahoma State with 92 points, number 1. Number 2, Ohio State, 83.5. Number 3, Iowa, 78. Number four, Missouri, 75.5. Number five, Virginia Tech, 72. Number six, Penn State, 67.5. And And then there's a drop-off. There's a clear uh, line of division between Penn State and Nebraska at seven with 49 points. And rounding out the top ten, Cornell at number eight with 47. Illinois at 42.5. And and Michigan at 36 is number ten. But – Want to take a quick spin through these rankings? You know, let's start with 125 pounds. You, you sort of touched on it with Joey Dance. Uh, we've got number one, Thomas Gilman of Iowa, coming back to NCAA finalist a year ago. 
Dylan Peters, returning All-American from Northern Iowa at number two. Connor Stram from Stanford at three. Joey Dance, Virginia Tech, number four. Darian Cruz, number five from Lehigh. What are some of the highlights of this weight that uh, presented challenges uh, for you in, in ranking these guys? Well, I think when you rank, it, it becomes difficult to not project and not uh, predict. And so, you know, that's difficult because, you know, you have Penn, we have Penn State at sixth, and I don't think any of us are comfortable thinking they're going to end up sixth in the country, but that's the way the points shook out right now, and we're certainly not the first people that, that feel that way. I think Suriano and Piccinini are two guys that are really tough to rank because, you know, again, Suriano is a true freshman, but unbelievable career. Piccinini, great career as well in a year in the Oklahoma State room. And it's very difficult to put those guys in the right spot. You don't want to slight anybody else who's got a body of work, but you also just don't want to leave them completely out of the rankings. Um, you know, some things will obviously shake out early. Uh, you know, Penn State's supposed to wrestle Stanford, so Soriano and Tram would wrestle if everyone's healthy. Oklahoma State obviously wrestled a great schedule, so these guys all obviously have a chance to move up or down, but just try to put them in there where it made the most sense logically, where it was at least defendable. So um, we put Soriano in behind the round of 16 guys that were seated, and we put Piccinini in behind Templeman because he lost to him head-to-head last year at the Reno tournament. Yeah, moving on to 133 pounds, Iowa's Corey Clark, number one, two-time MCA finalist. Uh, Ohio State's Nathan Tomasello, uh, 2015 MCA champ, moving up from 125 pounds is number two. Zane Richards of Illinois, number three. Number four, Eric Montoya of Nebraska, number five, Earl Hall of Iowa State. Uh, then you start getting down a little bit further down the line. We run into some of these uh, same things that you mentioned at 125 pounds, where to slot some of these some of these guys that are making their debuts. Um, when you look at at this weight, um, let's start with, with Thomasello. Why why did you put him where you put him? Well, actually, you and, and I two. talked, and, and I was considering putting him at one. You know, because he had won a national title before, and, and Clark has not. Clark's a three-time All-American, you know, and he has one year left. Tomasello's a two-time All-American with two years left. So I guess we gave a little more credit to the guy that has, you know, made the finals at that weight. Some people think Tomasello may have a may have trouble adjusting. I don't think he will, but, you know, obviously that will play out. And those top four guys are all in the same conference, so conceivably – the Big Ten semis and finals could be replayed two weeks later. So that was difficult. And if you look at the team scores, if, you know, Ohio State were to win that match, um, you know, that vaults them significantly closer to Oklahoma State just in that one match alone. Uh, The other thing that's interesting is Earl Hall and Seth Gross are scheduled to wrestle Friday night. you got number five and number six. Earl getting a sixth year of eligibility and, and Gross coming down from 41 and making the world team this uh, the junior world team this summer at uh, 132. So that should be a great match. And then you get into all this stuff with Kate Brock, Stevon Misik, uh, Cortez, Ironman, and even Ali Nazer from Arizona State, who all have really top flight wins and not a not gigantic bodies of work in the NCAA Division I folk style arena. 
Um, you know, Brock beat Cody Brewer, lost to Garrett. Um, Misek and Cortez had big freestyle wins. Jaden Ironman actually beat Cade Brock a couple years ago at the Missouri Border Brawl. And Nazer's beaten some really good guys, Coleman Scott and Tomasello in freestyle. And so some of that's just really, really difficult to kind of figure out where to rank these guys. Um, you know, but certainly the talent is there. If you saw a couple of the guys that were ranked not metal and a couple of these guys move in, it wouldn't be a huge shock. Moving on to 141 pounds, returning NCAA champ Dean Heil, the easy number one there from Oklahoma State. Uh, Bryce Meredith, returning NCAA finalist to Wyoming, number two. Joey McKenna from Stanford, number three. Anthony Ashnall from Rutgers, number four. And Joey Ward from North Carolina, number five. Then you get uh, into some guys that uh, have had some success at this weight class. Kevin Jackson, North Carolina State. Randy Cruz from Lehigh. Jimmy Gullibon, Penn State. Um, when you look at this weight class, you know, certainly a lot of depth. What are some of the things you're going to be looking for early in the season? I guess early in the season, I'm going to be really interested to see how Keyshawn Hayes, uh, Matt Kalodzik, and Jared Prince do. I mean, those are the young guys that people are really high on. Um, it's a, it's a great weight. I mean, you got eight returning, you know, eight all Americans, uh, from either 2015 or 2016, D. Camillo was around a 12 guy. Matt Manley was a, a five seed that got injured last year. Certainly wasn't able to wrestle to the best of his abilities because of that injury. So that's a legit top ten. And then you talk about these young kids that we're talking about, and they certainly can make an impact. And you know, a kid like Keyshawn Hayes, you know, he's a Missouri kid where I'm from. If he can make an impact, that greatly increases Ohio State's chances, and, and he's a, a guy that turns to people a lot, so potentially a bonus point guy too. So it'd be really interesting to see how those young guys wrestle early. I mean, kids are so much better now at a young age. It's just absolutely fascinating to watch. Turning the page to 149, uh, this is pretty cut and dry, too, at the top, uh, based off what they finished a year ago. Zane Repford, Penn State, returning NCAA champ, number one. Brandon Sorensen of Iowa, returning NCAA finalist, number two. Uh, LeVon Mays, Missouri, number three. Anthony Colico, Oklahoma State, number four. And Michigan's Alex Pantaleo, number five. Uh, what... Uh, you know, when, when when we look at this weight class, um, you know, certainly as I mentioned, the, the top top part of it's pretty uh, cut and dry. But but you get down a little further, and, and um, some high upside freshmen. Uh, what are other things that stand out about this uh, for for you? This this 149 pound weight class for you, David. Uh, the the two freshmen that jumped to mind to me are Freddie Stroke or Max Thompson. Um, I was fortunate enough to get to know those guys a couple years ago from Missouri Border Brawl. Both super nice kids, very polite, and very, very talented, great credentials. And, you know, certainly are at programs where they can make that leap. I think Micah Jordan's a super interesting story because when he redshirted, he went 157. Then last year he made 141. It kind of looked at Nationals like that weight cut got to him at the end of the year, and he didn't wrestle with the same energy level he did early in the year at Vegas. And so maybe 149 is the right weight for him. I mean, obviously it's loaded. Uh, I think most people feel like it's Zane and then everybody else, but he's certainly got the credentials to crack, you know, maybe that second tier. And, again, that's a 
big change if that happens in the team race because if he can get up there, not only does he score points, but he might potentially take points away from Iowa, Missouri, Oklahoma State, and Virginia Tech, who are all ranked in that top six. Moving on to 157 pounds, uh, Penn State's Jason Nolf, returning NCAA finalist, uh, number one, Dylan Palacio of Cornell, number two, Joe Smith, Oklahoma State, number three, Brian Murphy from Michigan, number four, B.J. Claggins from Ryder, number five. You know, there are a lot of wild cards at this weight from my perspective. You look at some some guys that uh, really could move from the bottom of this page, you know, up towards uh, the top ends. Um, some some freshmen that are interesting, some guys that uh, are changing weights. Uh, who catches your eye here? Who should uh, you know college wrestling fans really keep an eye on that, that, that could move up the board quite a bit this year? Well, a guy that you and I have just outside of the rankings is Josh Shields out at Arizona State. He's awfully talented. Bryce Brill, I, we're both, I think, very high on him. You know, he's been injured and had a redshirt year. So, Hopefully he's healthy and we can see what he can do. Um, you know, Richie Lewis is not a young guy, but had a great regular season and a disappointing tournament. And then Kemmerer is obviously, you know, probably the, the young guy that everybody's looking at. Um, you know, we have him at nine, and that's, I think, about right. Um, you know, I've got Claggin higher than everybody else, but that's because he was an All-American two years ago wrestled searches very close, you know, didn't didn't medal last year and is moving up a weight, so we'll see how that shakes out. And then Lavalley comes back in after a red shirt year and he's been around a twelve guy before. So and then you even have Roshkoff coming down, uh, who was the number five seed last year at sixty five. So like you said, there's a lot of there's a lot of guys that can make the finals against Jason Nolf and a lot of guys that could take third, fourth and fifth that it, it wouldn't be shocking. So it'll be a really fun way to watch, I think. You know, turning the page to 165, and you get uh, Isaiah Martinez of Illinois moving up after winning two titles at 157 pounds. He's number one at 165, followed by returning NCAA finalist Isaac Jordan of Wisconsin. Missouri's Daniel Lewis, number three, a a hammer on top. Uh, Writers, Chad Walsh, number four, and Lehigh's Mitch Minotti at number five. You get a little bit further down, and, and there are some high-powered freshmen in, in this weight class as well. When, you, when you're talking about uh, Logan Massa, Anthony Valencia, Vincenzo Joseph, uh, possibly Alex Marinelli coming out, uh, you know, potentially for Iowa. Um, when you look at these guys, um, you know, you've slotted some of them in ahead of some of these more established guys that, that have battled injuries in their past. Uh, imagine 65 had been been kind of difficult for you to figure out where to put these guys. It definitely was. I mean, first of all, Martinez is going to be a small 165, I think, if he can make, you know, 70 kilos next weekend of Bill Farrell. So maybe an Isaac Jordan or a Lewis or full-size guys might be able to slow him down a little bit. Um, Chandler Rogers had a family tragedy at the end of last year and had to impact his performance, and he's coming down a weight. So He's a guy with a lot of potential. You know, I, I call these guys the Fab Four, Massa, Valencia, Joseph, and Marinelli. Any of those guys could be in the top two or three, and it wouldn't be shocking. And like you said, Cooper Moore was injured, had a, you know, has had a great career and just couldn't be healthy at the right time. So 
again, I mean, you know, you make the rankings and, you know, you you try to commit to some things and, you know, it, but again, this is a way where you could have a lot of turmoil. Um, you know, Isaiah Martinez is a huge game. You know, he's the, when the lights shine brightest, he wrestles his best. So to be foolish to bet against him, but this weight is loaded with talent and, you know, the regular season may have a lot to do with the matchups and this might be a matchup weight where certain guys have styles to beat other guys, but when you look at this weight in 74, this is where, you know, a school like Arizona State that's looking to make that big jump could really do it, you know, scoring big points at these two weights. You know, we're going to have a big one Saturday night on track wrestling at the NWCA All-Star Classic, number two, Isaac Jordan, against number three, Daniel Lewis. You mentioned guys with uh, serious top skills. Um, how do you see that one shaking out? Well, it's funny because that's what I wrote in my notes. It is going to be a top game battle. I mean, I think Daniel turns more guys. Again, he's a Missouri kid, Kansas City kid. Um, wrestled for Mike Haggerty of Blue Springs and got that back ankle hook cradle series. And we saw him ride during her last year. And super tough kid on top. They're both long. Isaac Jordan is so good on top that you know Bo Jordan actually took neutral against him. I think it's probably a lot of these this level match where the guy who gets the first takedown is going to be awfully hard to beat. And if no one gets that takedown in the first period, it's going to be really interesting if riding time comes into play, if they're both able, you know, to get out without it being a minute of difference. Um, I don't think it's going to be a very high scoring match because these guys ride really well and they both scramble really well, but you know, three to two or even two to one with riding time wouldn't, wouldn't shock me at all. Moving on to 174, Ohio State's Bo Jordan is number one, followed by Zach Epperly of Virginia Tech, Casey Kenta of Penn, Nathan Jackson of Indiana, Kyle Crutchmer of Oklahoma State, and then you get down a little further, uh, Iowa State's Leland Weatherspoon at, at number six, Iowa's Alex Meyer at number seven, Brian Real Budo of Cornell at number eight, Ethan Ramos, North Carolina at number nine, Jim Wilson of Stanford, number 10, and Zahid Valencia, the, the star freshman from Arizona State, number 11. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I think when when you look at uh, the toughest weights to rank right now, I, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, I don't know that there's a right answer or a wrong answer with what to do here with four through eight. I think they're they're pretty much interchangeable. Um, you could you could probably go several different ways with this. Um, from from your standpoint, how tough was this to, to figure out who to who to put where? I think four through eight was a real challenge. I mean, one, two, and three are pretty straightforward based on last year, and then nine and ten are guys that were all Americans from two years ago. And I think Valencia makes sense as the next guy up. But you know, if you wanted to make an argument, Alex Myers never lost a Weatherspoon head to head. But with my criteria, Weatherspoon goes ahead of him because he placed ahead of him at nationals. Rio Budo is a finalist, so we could argue he could go all the way up above Jackson. Kyle Crutchmer got hurt last year, so it wasn't you know it wasn't like he had a bad national tournament. He didn't get to wrestle in it, and he took fourth the year before in a loaded weight, and and really you know wrestled well and and lost by a controversial call for third against Storley from Minnesota. So, uh, you know. It's and the funny thing is, you know, if you move these guys around a little bit, it changes the team score some. So the good news is, you and me don't decide them; they wrestle, and uh, you know, it's 
four through eight will be really interesting. You know, a couple of those guys are in the same conference, so at least they'll get a little bit of that sorted out, and then hopefully there'll be some matches at, at Scuffle in Vegas that'll help sort some things out as well. Yeah, I think we're going to see a ton of early season movement at 174 in particular, especially, uh, you know, when we get our first look at Valencia. and You know, we're going to have a, a look at him against Bo Jordan probably pretty early in the year. Um, you know, it'll be some pretty right. fascinating, yeah. pretty fascinating, inter- um, you know, individual matchups here. And then you talk about, uh, you know, Brunson Saturday night in the All-Star Classic. Uh, Zach Brunson of Illinois, number 14, is going to get a chance against Ethan Ramos, North Carolina, number nine. Uh, that, that's certainly going to be one to watch. Um, yeah, Brunson was a five seed last year. Yeah. And we yep. have Shakur Rashid ranked at 24, who I think most people think somebody from Penn State will end up being better than 24th. So, yeah, a lot of movement for sure. Moving on to 184, uh, two-time NCAA champ Gabe <laughs> Dean is the number one, uh, followed by number two, Miles Martin of Ohio State, moving up from 174 pounds where he was a national champ a year ago. T.J. Dudley of Nebraska, number three. Bo Nickel, Penn State, number four. Nolan Boyd, Oklahoma State, number five. And this is another way that they're absolutely loaded. Um, you know, in your opinion, uh, what is the deepest weight? What's the most impressive weight this year? Just it? Well, I, I sure think this is 74, right? I mean, and probably 97 is the, the thinnest weight. Or, you know, I mean, I thir- certainly think you could argue that Bo Nickel should be at three instead of four. We put him at four because they both took second and Dudley did it at the weight that they're both at now. And obviously most of us, you know, most people know Nickel beat Miles Martin three out of four, including, a you know, a pin at the Big Tens two weeks before. You know, the all-star match getting Dean and, Dean and Martin – is unbelievable. I mean, that alone is worth the, the price of admission. Um, and then you got Downey coming down, who's anybody who ever recruited knows how talented that kid is. And uh, I think you're the one that told me he he weighed really light last year. At the end of the year, he was weighing low 190, so it's not going to be a you know a cut that's going to impact him. When you got a guy like Willie Nicholas, ranked seventh, who's a two-time All-American. Sammy Brooks, who was the number two seed last year, ranked eighth, and Deckow, who was an All-American two years ago at nine, and then some absolute hammers like uh, Abinader and Zavatsky at 10 and 11. I think probably the thing about this is, to me, there's a pretty strong line between 11 and the rest. I'd be shocked if, you know, somebody else out of those 11, if those aren't your eight medalists. That's probably, I feel if you're going to be confident about something, the eight medalists are going to come out of that group. And, you know, I don't think it would shock many people if Zavatsky and Avenatter medaled and medaled high, and then it's a question of who comes out. And, you know, one of the things I'm looking at is maybe one of these teams bumps a guy up if it helps him in the team race, you know, because 97 is not deep. I mean, obviously Cox is a gigantic favorite, but the, the number seven or eight guy at 84 on paper is a lot better than the number seven or eight guy at 97. Let's turn the page to 97, you know, while you bring it up. Um, Jaden Cox, Olympic bronze medalist, two-time NCAA champion from Missouri, uh, starts at number one. Number two, Brett Farr from Minnesota. Number three, Jared Hott from Virginia Tech. Number four, Brett Harner from Princeton. Number five, Aaron Studebaker from Nebraska. Uh, You mentioned this is a weight that that falls off. It's, It's not as deep as the previous two that we talked about. Uh, but there's there's a lot of ground that, that teams could make up here in the team standing when, when you're looking at 
Um, you know, a guy like Colin Moore from Ohio State, they're going to be in it. Preston uh, Weagle from Ohio, Oklahoma State uh, could potentially move up as well. Who else do you have your, your eye on here towards the bottom tier of this that could really make a move and, and crack that top uh, top seven or eight? Yeah, I think more and, and – you know, Legal's ranked right, you know, right there because he was around a 12 guy. Colin Moore, junior world team member, you know, certainly has the possibility of moving up. Uh, whoever Penn State wrestles in 97, whether it's Kassar, whether it's McCutcheon, whether it's Stout, um, you know, Penn State gets on the podium here. That's huge points, you know, because they generally bonus at least one or two matches while they're winning. So, I mean, you're talking about maybe a guy who takes six or seven and scores seven, eight, nine points. That's could easily be the difference. Um, you know, Malik McDonald from NC State's an awfully talented kid uh, who's, you know, his time might be this year. It's And like I said, I mean, I don't want to start any speculation, but there's at least one school where I'd be thinking about moving a guy up from 84 because I think he'd be right in the mix at 97 to even make the finals. So um, I, I this way it fascinates me, not because I'm, you know, questioning who's going to win the weight, but how this impacts the team race, I think, is going to be huge. Moving on to heavyweights, and there's there's probably not a, a bigger favorite uh, than, than the guy that's that's coming back from Brazil with the, the gold medal around his neck, Kyle Snyder, <laughs> um, world champion, then NCAA champion, now Olympic champion, starting off at number one followed by number two, Ty Walls of Virginia Tech, number three, Connor Medbury from Wisconsin, who went to Rio as the training partner uh, for Travel Belagnev, number four, uh, Amarvir Desi from Oregon State, Michael Krails from Minnesota. Uh, you know, we're going to have a fascinating match Saturday night, uh, Walls versus Medbury, two versus three. How do you see that one shaking out? They're both super athletic and big guys and you know they don't stand around and wrestle two to one three to two matches so it should be really fun um you know medbury like you said was a training partner to tervell you know i coach fighters we talk a lot about ring rust and it'll be interesting to see if medbury has any i think that might be one of the reasons he takes the match just to you know shake that rust off in an all-star meet find out right away where you are by wrestling a stud like walls and i think that's Another match that's really, really interesting, and you know, even if Medbury does have some ring rust, I don't think it would prevent me from thinking he's going to make you know the semis or maybe even the finals of the nationals, and and possibly give Snyder one of his toughest matches of the year. There was a couple guys who were injured last year that's interesting as well. Sam Stoll had a great year until he got hurt, and I, the rumor is he's going to be injured for a little while this year. And then Nick Neville's from Penn State. And then, you know, down near the near the bottom of our rankings, we've got Thomas Haynes from Lockhaven, who's, you know, kind of had been in a couple schools and commitments, but four-time Pennsylvania state champ as an upperweight is unbelievable. So I think it'll be interesting to watch him wrestle this year as well. You know, looking ahead to this weekend, we, you know, we mentioned the NWCA All-Star Classic in a few matches there. You know, we touched upon Miles Martin versus Gabe Dean, but, but we really didn't take an in-depth look at that. What are going to be keys in your mind for both of those guys in that bout? I think, you know, Miles Martin, obviously super athletic, peaked at the right time last year, you know, was not a gigantic 74-pounder, but, you know, if you got a chance to watch the Ohio State wrestle-offs, 
he looks like a grown man at 84. So, you know, Dean usually seems like he's the strongest guy in almost every match he wrestles. It'll be interesting to see if Dean is stronger than Martin or not, and then if Martin's able to use his length and his speed, or if Dean's going to be able to grind on him, hit shots, and and, and hit go-behinds, because that's, you know, obviously he's very, very good at that. Um, and then at 41, I think it's going to be a really fun match to watch in the All-Star Meet, too, with Meredith and National. I mean, I think those guys are going to, even if it's low scoring, I think it'll be a lot of almost scores off the scrambles. I think there'll be a lot of action in that match. I think that'll be a fun one as well. Are there a couple other events that, that in your mind, are must-sees for college wrestling fans this weekend? You know, individual matchups, uh, what have you. Iowa, Iowa State, South Dakota State, you know, I mean, 33, we talked about that. Um, you know, if real quick, Grossen, you know, Earl Hall, Earl Hall has to sit out the first two events of the season, so he's not going to be in that in that oh, match okay. against Steph Bros. Um, you know, Iowa State, uh, you know, I believe we'll be using Nathan Boston in that match, but he, you know, he wrestled Earl Hall in the wire here a week uh, last week in in Iowa State's wrestle off, so we're not going to see the Hall versus Gross match, which would be uh, a fantastic clash of styles, but. Uh, um, you know, there will there will be some big matches in that Iowa State-South uh, Dakota State match. Yeah, I think, you know, Eastern Michigan Open, you've got Michigan, Ohio State, Central Michigan, Purdue, Northern Illinois, so you obviously have some potentially really interesting matchups there depending on how the brackets shake out. Um, and Dactronics, South Dakota State, Coach Bono's got Arizona State, Minnesota, and Nebraska coming out there, so there's certainly some – you know, especially Minnesota brings, you know, if those those kids that are uh, off till January 1, if they come wrestle, there, there's a lot of legitimate matchups that could happen there that could be very interesting. So, I mean, I, I think you're like me. You're just happy it's wrestling season again, and we stop talking about what we think is going to happen, and we get to see what will happen. That's that's the fun part. Absolutely. We'll be back next week uh, with another breakdown of, of the track wrestling college division one rankings. Uh, but David Miritani, thank you for your time today. Thank you for your work with these rankings and uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks for having me, Andy. Have a good day.